0: We're talking with State Representative Tim Butler here live in studio on the WMAY morning news feed. See how I reset things right as I got my recorder started <laughs> up. So I uh, appreciate you taking the time and being patient with me and uh, me throwing questions at you while I'm trying to get the... Uh, I'm trying to help the, you out, the... your
1: technology management here.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, just talk a bit more if you can about the unemployment debt. Yeah. Um, because not only do we have you know $4.5 billion that we borrowed from federal taxpayers... That comes with interest. We're paying that interest. $10 million plus right now could be $100 million if it's not addressed throughout the year. If it's not addressed, it could increase taxes on employers and decrease benefits on employees who are needing those benefits but what about the amount of fraud? Why don't we know yet how much fraud there's been and have we given, have we got any indication of how much fraud there could be?
1: No, we really haven't gotten any indication how much fraud there is. And that's this is one of the things that many of us have harped on with the Department of Employment Security for, for well over a year now, year and a half now, however long this has been going on. The fact that there's so much fraud and was so much fraud with with all this money that came down uh from the feds from the the pua program especially was was ripe with fraud and we have no we have no idea how much money it is and that's something there, there's so much money that ended up not to the person that it should have gone to or uh was fraudulently given to people when it could have been going to other other folks to help them get through this and that's something that we really have no hand on while other states I, I think we're seeing reports of other states we actually know how much fraud's going on and we need we need to find out i mean first we need to find out how much there is and then we got to figure out how we i mean i don't know if there's actually a way to address that but we need to go after people Who committed that fraud absolutely
0: well and you had people like elected representatives uh congressman rodney davis he got you know uh, what a a card in the mail with funds on it uh so people who had jobs were getting these cards uh and i think uh the indication is elsewhere in other states that it's a substantial amount of fraud that took place here
1: well there were reports that that prisoners in the in the corrections in in state of california were masterminding them getting them in prison i mean it's just it's just crazy and and how we cannot track that. In today's day and age, where everything is tracked, all these cards that have gone out that are electronically activated and all that, we should be able to track that stuff and and nail these people who are committing this fraud and prosecute them. And I think this gets underscores the problems. Again, I hate to go back to the crime issue, but this kind of underscores the issue we have in crime, crime in Illinois. We should be trying to prosecute these people. We should be in the General Assembly. We should be in session trying to get a handle on programs that we can uh, to address this. And really, we're doing nothing about it. And I think it does start with the Department of Employment Security coming out and being forthright with the people of Illinois as to how much fraud there is and what the program's going to be to try to to try to tackle this situation
0: 748 now on the WMAY morning news feed talking with state representative Tim Butler on WMAY and of course with the um, uh, unemployment fraud that could have happened I mean we've got an auditor general that's looking into it uh, when that report comes out who knows but uh, definitely something I think uh, we need to keep an eye on something else too, just audits in general of the entire spectrum of COVID-19. There's a headline out of Michigan today uh, that uh, they undercounted the number of nursing home deaths by upwards to 30 to 45% in some accounts. Um, I mean, should we, at this time now, nearly two years into this, have a moment of pause and reflection to get a better understanding of the the devastation that the pandemic brought and whether it was a certain level or if it was a lesser level?
1: Well, again, I want to go back I guess almost two years ago now, I think it was April of 20, when the House Republicans forwarded to the governor a plan to help manage the pandemic and that that we would add input from a wide range of folks, general assembly members from the public, people in the know from, from the healthcare industry, people from the business community to help the governor make decisions and guide him through the pandemic. He refused to do that. He went out on his own and did thing on his did everything on his own. The General Assembly, the leadership in the General Assembly, first under Mike Madigan, now under Chris Welch, have have liked the fact that they washed their hands of the pandemic. We need to step up and as an oversight body, the legislature has a significant oversight authority. Have here we should be having these hearings every single day, in my opinion about what the response to the pandemic is, what the impact of the pandemic has been across the board. Health, well, why is business. that important though? Well, to, to look back
0: at the executive action and the lack of legislative action, why is it important to have that review? Well, I
1: think it's important to know, number one, just like we were talking about with employment security, how much money has been going out the door and where this has been going. And how, like you mentioned, if we're looking at other states and undercounting the deaths that happen at nursing homes especially, you know, we had a terrible case here early on at the Villas in Sherman where where I think, you know, most of the villas caught COVID. And I think they had a significant loss of life there. And that's kind of stuff that we really need to study. And then when we plan for the future, how we address these situations, look, we're going to have another situation like this sometime in the future. And what we learn from this today is going to help us manage that situation. I think the not only the death toll from from COVID, is, is absolutely the worst thing. But the impact to people's lives economically as we as we continue to talk about is something that that we really don't have a handle on yet. And that's what we need to be doing as a, as a body, having oversight of that to make sure that the programs are in place to address those situations.
0: Well, and you also consider the impact on uh, education and the learning loss that's, that there's been. Uh, that's another uh, major issue that uh, uh, there's some understanding, but I think we need uh, a little bit more of a delve into. Uh, State Representative Tim Butler with us. Uh, and uh, in the uh, short time we've got here left um let's talk about the announcement yesterday uh richard Irvin, the mayor of aurora second largest city in illinois uh he announced and he also announced that uh, state representative avery Bourne's is going to be his lieutenant governor candidate uh so an interesting mix of uh you know the 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 suburbs and downstate and uh, having a republican voice here um, talk a bit about what this means for the slate of Republicans and what you think some of the major themes are, uh, heading into the, uh, the June primary and eventually the November election.
1: Well, I'm excited to see a, another face get in, in the field actually. And I'm really, I'm really excited to see Avery Bourne step up into a role like this. You know, I've worked side by side with Avery for the better part of the past decade. and I think she's, she's a great addition as the Lieutenant governor candidate. You know, I'm a, look, we need to, we need to, 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 make up ground in the suburbs. There's no doubt about it. We as a party need to make up ground in the suburbs. And to see uh, you know, an African American who's the mayor of the second largest city in the state jump into the governor's races, I think it's pretty exciting to see it as, as Republicans. And I look forward to see where this where this is gonna go with with the campaign. And I think at the end of the day, whoever wins the Republican primary, obviously we got to rally around that and and beat the governor in the fall. But I, I think this is this is a good thing for the party to see Mayor Urban jump into it. Uh, and, you know, Then we're going to see what happens with Avery's seat, and you know what what happens with somebody who runs for that. I've I've heard Wayne Rosenthal is going to jump into it, and I look forward to seeing Wayne running that. that district as well
0: a lot of money involved uh the governor gave himself 90 million dollars it's uh speculated that Ken Griffin's going to support whoever the Republican nominee is going to be with uh, possibly tens of millions if not hundreds of millions of dollars this is going to be an expensive race
1: yeah it's it's insane what what where campaigns have gone today and the money that's behind it I mean to, to have the governor drop 90 million dollars into his account on a Friday night it just I mean the regular you know All the people, everybody in the world can't understand what that's all about. Nobody has that kind of money. There's only a handful of people in the world that had that kind of money. And the fact that our governor can sit there and dole out $90 million to himself for a campaign on a Friday night really, really is insane. And I, but you know, that's where campaigns are today. It takes takes so much money to run these campaigns. uh, And it's just, you know, we're gonna see uh, just a ton of
0: money, I think, going into this race, probably from around the country would be my guess. State Representative Tim Butler on the WMAY morning news feed. And finally, when it comes to um, what is obvious going to be infighting within the Republican Party, Uh, you've got uh, even the Democratic Governors Association putting out statements that Richard Irvin made uh, supporting Governor Pritzker. Uh, What should Republicans do leading up to the primary? Well, I think number
1: one is you got to you got to look at the candidates and figure out who who best represents what you think. Your values are, and secondly, who's going to win? I mean, at the end of the day, we need to win. We need to win the governor's mansion. We need to take control of the legislature, and that's what that's what I'm all about. You know, I'm sick and tired of being in the super minority and getting run over by J.B. Pritzker and Chris Welch and Don Harmon. We need to change the dynamic, and it starts with the governor's mansion, and it starts with picking up seats in the General Assembly, and we could really drive some change. And in my opinion, that means again, that gets back to the suburbs. Look, downstate is solidly Republican now. We need to pick up seats in the suburbs. We need to we need to shift voters back to the Republican Party in the suburbs. That's what it's all about. And I, those of us from downstate Illinois, I know that's that's tough to swallow sometimes, but that's where the game is in Illinois. And we got to make sure that we have candidates up and down the ballot that can pick up votes in the suburbs and put more
0: Republicans at the state capitol. State Representative Tim Butler, greatly appreciate you taking time Absolutely. as always. It's always fun. We'll talk again soon, all right? Have fun with your uh, virtual committee <laughs> hearings. I know you're a big fan of those.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Bishop. It
0: is the WMAY morning news feed.